Welcome back to the Checkpoint Reach podcast. This is a gaming and occasional moving you podcast. I'm your host Luke Eldon and as ever I'm joined by my fellow gamers and friends Sud, Perks and Matty. How are you doing guys? Good Luke, very good. It's been a good week. Good, good to hear. How about the other two? How are you doing? Uh, as always. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm under the weather but you know, always turn up for the podcast. Yeah. Dedication, well, nice. I don't know. You sound like you always sound. Could be made up. <laughs> Coming out the gates hot there, Perks. <laughs> Shots fired nice, from the get-go. Nice feisty start <laughs> to the podcast. Yeah, well, we appreciate your commitment, my, as do the millions of fans. So. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely do. Well, I guess we might as well go straight into the first topic anyway, and... Um, our first topic of the day is actually the biggest gaming rumours of 2019, uh, which was an article that we found on IGN. Uh, some of the things we're going to look through. One being that the uh, Nintendo Switch is apparently going to have some sort of update, or updated version anyway, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal report. Discussions with Nintendo about a, uh, an upgrade with the Switch would include an LCD display. Well, an upgraded LCD display. Just wondering what our thoughts are on that. I know, Matty, you own a Switch now. Um, how, how do you take that news? Would you be t- tempted to buy an upgraded version? Um, not really. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised that this is a rumour, though, um, just because the console is really weak when it comes to docked mode. Um, I'm surprised that it's an update to the actual unit itself, though. Um what I thought they were going to do was just upgrade the dock so actually have more sort of computing power inside the dock so obviously the games look better on your TV because mm-hmm. I think people who've used the Switch, um, most people have used it, agree that the games in handheld mode look fantastic. It's just when you put it onto the big screen, it doesn't really compare to the Xbox One and PS4. There's quite a big gap there in terms of like visual quality. So... I just thought they were going to update the actual dock itself, but it seems like they're actually updating the console. But it's it's one of them things. It's selling like hotcakes, so if they can get the price down even more, I'm sure that's going to uh, contribute to even more sales. Yeah, it definitely would probably you know contribute to a spike in sales. Uh, how about you, Sud? What were your uh, thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's expected. Uh, the console's been out nearly two years now, um, and after you know the first couple of years, you do usually get a revision of the console. We saw it with the PS4 and Xbox One getting their slim models, um, and the Pro and X, of course. But I don't know. I do. I do think Nintendo are going to come into a problem in a couple of years' time when the uh, new PS4 the Switch is already an underpowered machine compared to the other two, and the gap's going to increase even further when the next Xbox and PS. PS come out, so I, I do fear a little bit for the Switch. Uh, not yet. I still think it's going to have a good two or three years of good sales because you know the games keep coming for it. As long as the games keep coming for it, that is. Um, obviously, this year might be a bit more of a struggle. Obviously, they've got Pokemon, 
at the end of the year, but there's not much else apart from that this year. But uh, I think from next year onwards, they're going to start. They're going to have to just think of something new. I think in terms of you know what what they're going to do because this console is going to look very ancient in a couple of years in terms of technology, and, and I do think that's a problem for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I I was actually reading a rumor um, probably a week ago that said Nintendo themselves were thinking of going purely handheld with their next console, and that would not surprise me at all, just because of how successful the Switch has been. I don't think many people use it on the TV, to be honest, Um, as much as I do sometimes use it on the TV, but most people that are buying the console are buying it because it's a handheld, it's gaming on the go. And obviously with the PS Vita being dead and buried and Sony will probably never go back to that. Um, you'd imagine that they wouldn't anyway with the absolute failure that the Vita was. I have a question um, for you, Matt, just jumping in. Yeah. You, did you own a Vita as well at one point? I have a Vita. Okay, yeah, so I have a Vita do. now. Well, I my, still have one. My question um, is, well, because um, I well, I don't know. You haven't owned a Switch though, have you yet, Sud? I was just going to ask No, Marty, I haven't, no. Which one? How come the Vita failed so miserably in your opinion compared to the switch which has done really well it had no first party games from sony they had uncharted golden abyss and a, a couple kill of zone, others didn't they? It yeah, but that was literally right yeah. at the beginning of the console and then they just mm. sort of left it to die um i think the fact that the the handheld didn't really innovate it was just basically a, a more powerful psp mm-hmm. uh, it tried to do everything instead of just focusing on games, you know, it had a touchscreen, it had a gyroscope, it had, you know, all these little things. But it didn't really focus on being a gaming machine. I think the Switch has done that really well. And personally, for me anyway, um, I found the Vita really, really uncomfortable to use for long periods of time, just because it was quite a small device, whereas the Switch, it's obviously a big tablet device. It's a lot more comfortable to hold for sort of extended periods of time. Like I, I can feel like I could play a game for three, four hours on that and not get sort of hand cramps. But with the Vita, especially, um, trying to play anything on that for more than like half an hour, it just felt cramped. So, just to add to the, obviously I have a Vita. Uh, I have the, I have the first model, the OLED model, which many people say is the better one because of the screen. And I've got to say that. The Vita, Matty's definitely right. There was a lot. Of, there's a lot of problems with the Vita, and they did a lot of bad things. They didn't support it. That was the main thing coming out of the gate. They didn't support it properly, so it was it was pretty much dead on arrival, really. Because even though, like Matty said, there was you know two or three first party games at the start. After the first couple of years, you know, hardly any first party games came out for it. So that was one of the reasons it failed. Um, and like Matty said as well, the, the direct they, did, they didn't know what direction to go in with it. They just uh, kind of. It, it kind of was just a more powerful PSP in a way. Um, it's I, I th- it's a shame I think because I think I do think the console had potential. I do think there's potential in the PS Vita. Uh, I think Sony handheld. I, yeah, I, I th- we, we all enjoyed our PSPs, didn't we? I, I really yeah. enjoyed the PSP. Um, I, I like think the Vita it helped, actually as well. But I think it helped with my age though, to be honest, because I used to take the PSP into school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think as well that the Vita. What the Vita did was it showed. Uh, a certain type of game can do really well on a handheld. Like a lot of the indie games now you see on Switch, um, well, the Vita kind of started that in a way because they had a lot of good indie games and stuff like that that translated well to the small screen. The Switch is just built on that. And uh, I think Sony, I do think Sony are making a bit of a mistake not trying to compete with Nintendo in the uh, handheld space because I think it's, 
they're basically letting Nintendo dominate it completely. And I think Sony, if they got their heads together, they could make a really good, even a hybrid sort of product if they wanted to. So we'll have to see how it goes. I don't. I agree with Matt. I don't think they'll ever. I'd be surprised if they made a handheld in the next 10, 15 years, put it that yeah. way. But uh, well, they got their fingers burned, didn't they? So it's they always, did. Yeah. It's always. A I mean, I think the final one. Vita sales are something like 17, 18 million, which is poor compared to I think the first PSP sold over 80 million. So yeah, that yeah. says it all, really. Well, it's um, it's one of the things as well. Uh, handheld gaming in general is a really risky area to sort of enter into now, even for someone as big as Sony, because everyone on the street has got a computer in their pocket that's ridiculously powerful already with their phone. So trying to make a dedicated handheld gaming device is it's a it's a weird sort of niche. And uh, to be honest, I don't think there's room for two consoles. I think Nintendo can survive on their own in there just due to the strength of the IPs that they've got. But with with like another PlayStation Vita, I, I don't think there'll be any successor to that. Just mainly because of of the phones. Everyone's yeah. got a phone in their pocket, and you know they pay eight hundred, nine hundred quid that... for these phones. So it's... it's very hard to compete and make a console, you know, in that one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty pound range that can compete with these phones. You sound like the guy from uh, the Diablo conference or <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> well, Everyone's the thing got is, a that phone. guy had a point though. Everyone was like slating them people, but they had a point. But the problem with that Diablo thing was, is that they said it, at, you know, BlizzCon, and it's like you do not say things like that at an event where people are anticipating Diablo Four. It's just it was just the wrong sort of timing to be saying. I mean, what was the quote? Did he say what was the famous quote? Did he say something like, "Don't you have mobile phones or something?" It's just like yeah. And then the other guy jumped in. Just do not say like, that. You just, you've all got mobiles. It's a terrible thing to say at a conference that is for hardcore nerdy gamers because that's what blizzcon is so it, I, I, the actual message he says is true i mean you know the, unfortunately i mean I, we might not like it but the future is probably going to be more powerful mobiles and the, you know games are going to maybe transition one day to tablets and mobiles but it was just the wrong timing for the diablo yeah event i really. definitely agree um i want to get perks's thoughts on a possible upgrade on a switch uh, we're not hearing yeah, much from I, you at the I, moment. I, no, I've been quiet. I'm probably the least clued up when it comes to Nintendo products in comparison to, to Matty and Sud anyway, for sure. But what I would say about consoles in general, whether they're handheld or, um, you know, sort of stationary ones that you think of in the Xbox and the, and the PlayStation markets, if they succeed, they get upgraded. Even if they fail, they typically get upgraded anyway because they're trying to sort of claw something out of them, even if they're not very good. And the Switch is obviously insanely popular, so it makes perfect sense that there would be an upgrade after the amount of time that it's been out for. And just to really sort of elaborate on on a couple of points the guys touched on already, I think as long as Nintendo keep the Switch sort of existing in its own space and not trying to... I'm not saying that this point is going to say that Nintendo aren't competing with Microsoft and Sony in a sort of triangle, but there there is no competition to the Switch as such. That's a genuine competition. I know you can own an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Switch, mm-hmm. but the Switch does exist in its own space, in my opinion. And as long as they don't try and sort of challenge power, you know, we've seen already what the Xbox One X is capable of. Um, they're not going to compete in that kind of space. So as long as they keep doing what they're doing and exist in the same sort of demographic as the others, but slightly aside from it, I think they'll do well in years to come, regardless of the power or 
trying to compete in in that sort of you know with the with the Xbox SKUs that will be coming out and yeah, and such. they've definitely found their uh, niche, haven't they, in their marketplace, and they've done you know, exceedingly well with it. My question would be as well to me. Oh well, it's a question for myself because I don't know until I actually see the price. But it's also a question to Sudden and New Perks. If the Switch did come down in price because an upgraded version came out, so the original went down in price, would you be tempted to buy one? Uh, see, I remember before the Switch came out, there was genuine interest for me. Um, well, when I first saw it, I thought this looks a really cool product, actually. But the longer the Switch has been out, the less I want it. Now, I can't really explain why. <laughs> I don't know the reason why that is. But it just I think it's just maybe... The longer it gets away from the release of the console, the less I want the console. It just seems like, well, you know, it's been two years now. I'm not really bothered by it, you know, at this point. But I don't know, maybe one day. But I just, I can't, I, for some reason, I can't see myself buying one right now. Um, and that's not a slight on Nintendo. You know, they're doing a great job. And that's just my preference, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest, if I will be buying one in the near future. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Perks? I, I, I wonder how many people would be in the same bracket as you there, though, because say, for example, you haven't picked one up yet and you've seen how incredibly mm. well it's done. If they did bring out, well, they are going to bring out an upgraded version, Yeah, who are massive gamers, mm. and then you're still sitting there saying you're not going to pick one up. So I wonder if that's a, a minority or a majority thing. It's, it's probably quite an well, interesting debate. Well, I always said before the Switch came out when there was rumours of the, the Pokemon game, that was the game for me that I thought... Well, that this is what I've always wanted, you know, since being a kid, a, a Pokemon game on a proper console, you know, rather than like yeah. a, a Game Boy or something. Um, and obviously, there was the Pokemon game that came out in November, the Let's Go Pichu and stuff. But that was kind of a, a it is a mainline Pokemon game, but the one that's coming out this year is like a proper, like new Pokemon game. Um, and may, maybe that would tempt me, but even that, to be honest, I, I just don't know if uh, I don't know if my interest is as big as it was two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's understandable. I think for for my perspective on it is that I'm not a big handheld gamer, whether it's a no. mobile device or, you know, Vitas in the past or, you know, any other examples of it. I think the last handheld thing I actually enjoyed was probably the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance. So Great handheld. I'm, yeah, I'm basically in the Stone Age there. But I don't know. I think as time's progressed. I'm, I, I've lost a little bit of interest in it. They still seem a bit gimmicky to me, even though you, you know, the the Switch, for example, has the sales figures to back it up. That it's it's certainly not a gimmick, and it's not just a a throwaway type thing. But I I don't know what they could do for somebody like me who focuses more on the on the main, you know, the the triple A games that I can play on the Xbox One X, or you know, if I was a PlayStation gamer as well. Yeah. I, I can't get that same feeling from a handheld. And whilst they do make games like Zelda and you know the Mario games that will continue to be successful, they're, they're just not my kind of thing. So I don't see what they could ever do to tempt me to buy a Switch, even yeah. if it was the best thing on the planet. I know what you're saying, because I feel the same with handheld. I can't really get fully immersed into them. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's something to do with... Uh, my work because I'm usually on my mobile or a laptop so I don't really want to have a handheld device to play a game either I'd rather just you know get home and chill on the Xbox or PlayStation or whatever I think one thing for me as well is another reason why I'm less tempted is because we're pretty certain the next PlayStation and Xbox are going to come out next year and because of that it makes me want to switch even less because I know that the next, say the next Xbox for example is 
def- well, it's pretty much definitely going to be next year, we would imagine. So that's going to make me want that console. And then it's like, well, why would I get a Switch now when the new Xbox is coming out? So I think that's another reason why, as time goes on, I'm less likely to get one. Yeah, true. I guess time will tell because once you know when we see the price drop, it might tempt us as a result. But we'll see how it goes. Um, moving on to another rumor that we uh, found quite interesting, which was the Harry Potter RPG game that's in development. Um, this was posted online in October 2018, and it, it, it looks, yeah, it seems to be looking like, just from reading actually, the, the title yet to be announced, RPG currently titled Harry Potter Magic Awakened. So, it's definitely going to be coming this year by the sounds of it is that something we'd be interested in playing i would personally um now i don't know whether that's nostalgia speaking because of the old ps1 and ps2 harry potter games great games um do you know i i think (laughs) by the sounds of it though what is going to be like a proper rpg as well which does interest me because you know, that's what I want. Like, from Harry Potter, you know, you, that's what you want. You want to explore Hogwarts, don't you? And you mm-hmm. want, you know, I'd, I'd love there to be a proper Hogwarts that's massive. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could explore it and maybe you could go to, like, you know, some of the areas they went to in the books, like, uh, oh, what was that place? Do you remember in the third one where they'd go uh, on, like, trips and stuff? Uh, Hogsmeade. <laughs> Hogsmeade, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'd love that, you know, to be able to go to places like that. Yeah. You know? It'd be great, wouldn't it? And you know, there's other areas as well. Like I'm sure there's, plenty, you know, the law's massive on Harry Potter. I'm sure there's other areas you could explore. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd love something like that. And to be able to do the classes, you know, maybe in sort of a, you know, how Bully did it, the classes, but on, on a bigger scale. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they did like the little, you remember, like the music class, and you had to hit the notes and stuff like that. Yeah, they could do something like that with the classes. But obviously, you know, you'd want a more sophisticated style than Bully, but. I think it'd be great. I think I think it could be really good. I think it um, has a lot of potential. They've definitely got the world for it in the universe because that world, you know, that interests me a hell of a lot. And I would love to be able to play an RPG style. You know, go get my uh, get my different one from Diagon Alley, and then I head to Hogwarts. You know, get in the sorting hat, get the sorting hat on my head, and see where I get put. Well, can you imagine a system where you know you can constantly upgrade your wand? Or like change the color of it, or you know, check the, what the broomsticks and so yeah, it'd be cool, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, you know? the Nimbus two thousand Quidditch. Quidditch. <laughs> if they did a proper Quidditch system and stuff like that, where it was actually fun. I just want to jump in front of the uh, Hogwarts Express, jump onto the tracks, <laughs> and they'd have to make it a an eighteen rated game. Yeah, I'd love that an eighteen rated Harry Potter. Use Expelliarmus, <laughs> and they just blow up into giblets. Oh God! Mm, well, I think that's the only way that game would be of any interest. To be honest, if it was well, an eighteen and you could do things like that, then count me in. But otherwise, though, I, I, not so much. It'd be interesting to see how they'd market it. Would they market it at kids, or would they market it at the sort of the new Harry Potter audience that seems to be a bit older? Like, because have you? Because you look now; these um, the, the the newest films that have come out. What are their names again? The uh, The Crimes of Grimwald, whatever it's called. Oh yeah, don't like yeah. it. Are they not aimed more at... Are they 12 pluses or something? They're not really aimed at kids, are they? They're more aimed at like teens and stuff like that now. The way I see it, though, to me. is 
uh, you it pick up on an interesting point there, like which um, market audience will they aim for? Yeah. If you look at like The Incredibles 2 that came out recently, or mm. well, last year now, end of last year, that did really well with uh, like age range between 20 and 35 or whatever. Yeah, people that had watched the original. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this game, uh, this game, I, I think, think should be aimed at a similar market audience. I do as well. I think I, I'd even be or tempted to make audience. it a sixteen and make it dark, make it quite a quite a dark Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they will do that. They might not because they might think, oh, I want kids to buy it as well. But I think a sixteen, you know, obviously it's never going to be eighteen, is it? You know, I don't think you know like decapitation and stuff like that <laughs> in the game. But Marty, Marty wants that. But Marty, I mean, yeah, like, I want, I want that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be a fun, but. I think they could easily make it a 16 and make it just dark. You know, they could, you could have a bit of blood in it and stuff like that, couldn't you? And make it dark. Mm. The theme's dark. And well, they not? got a little bit darker with the films as they went along, Yeah, exactly, didn't they? exactly. You know, got the, a bit more the last mature. two or three films were quite dark, so... You I do wonder... that um, Aragog isn't in it, Elden. Oh, no, because I can't deal if with he spiders. Is, then you'll have to be ringing me up again, getting me to come in and complete the <laughs> level for you. Um, <laughs> that, that's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get Mai to do the level for me. Well, that's because I'm a wimp. I've just that's another area, isn't it? They could explore fully, like the grounds. I mean, they could if they they could exaggerate even a little bit and make the grounds bigger than in the books and films, you know, yeah. and make I it think so that on the on that point, there's yeah. a lot of things that they could do. They've got a massive yeah. scope, obviously, with the with the Harry Potter universe to make a good RPG. And you know, we all love an RPG, but. I'm going to call it now that if this game is a thing, that it's going to be a flop. It's going to not take off in the slightest. It's going to be a disaster. Games like this just don't do well. That's this a soundbite. I, I don't know. That's I, a soundbite. No. I don't know. You know, I think yeah. I, I think you're underestimating how popular Harry Potter yeah. is right now. Yeah, like I'm not saying that it's it's not popular. I, I don't know how because it's garbage, but it, it <laughs> is popular. This, but, you know, this the, sounds the like a bad. This, if this Harry Potter right. RPG exists, perks, yeah. then it'll sell over I, I four million. So. Yeah, I'd it, agree. Whatever it's going to sell, the game itself, I'm going to say, is going to be garbage. That's just <laughs> the nature of it. These games don't succeed. Like, they haven't in the past. Well, it depends on the developer. I don't know. Like, yeah, like, is, 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 there, is there a developer that, no. that, that this is really like, to be made by? Or it's, just exactly. it's Warner Brothers, isn't it? So it'll be whoever, want, you know, someone that Warner Brothers works with, I guess. Still, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a developer here. Yeah, um, I mean, apparently... It's oh, rumored to be a, a development uh, Warner Brothers owned Avalanche Software, makers of Disney of Infinity. I mean, so it's going to be good. Well, they yeah. got the, yeah, well, they've got to be stepping at their game big style if yeah, they want the game to be good. I can't see a small-time developer like that bringing it to the, you know, bringing it to the big time. It's just not going to happen. The game might seem cool, and you know, when you sort of throw the ideas around and you're trying to come up with this conception. The RPG element in that universe could be amazing. It just won't be. It's going to be one of those things that <laughs> passes us by. You can see it coming. I don't even want to... Not that I would anyway, because I wouldn't be excited about a Harry Potter game at all. But if if we were going to get excited about a, a new game coming to the table like that, it, it's just not that one. It, it's not going to be a good game at all. Well, I would say maximum that would get is a 5 out of 10. It, it's going to be poor. Well, I think we should reserve judgment until we see more as well, to be fair, because I don't think we've you literally... need to see more. It's well, going to be crap, I, I'm telling no, you. I, I think nah, you you're think... a hater. Yeah, I think you have to look... Let's see the game first. I mean, there was that clip, wasn't there? I don't know if you saw it, Luke. There was a clip that got deleted very quickly on YouTube of it. I missed it. Um, no, I it was a leaked it, clip, and it actually it looked all right. Like It didn't look 
you know, you think like, oh, but it's terrible or whatever, but it looked promising from mm-hmm. the clip that I saw. If it's real, this is the thing, we don't even know if it's real. I mean, it could be sort of made it up or whatever, but it it, it didn't look fake. You know, it'd yeah. be very hard to fake what I saw. So I'll, Just touching on the developers quickly, I know, I mean, that doesn't give me much hope after reading who it is and what they've uh, made, but every developer has a breakthrough moment. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, look this at... This could be it. Oh, look at Rocksteady themselves with Batman Arkham, Arkham Asylum, and now they're one of the biggest studio, you know, developers in the world. So, exactly. Who knows? Look, Perks. Yeah, let's be honest. Perks could be completely right. It could be absolutely terrible and an abomination of a game that everyone hates and says, "Why did they do this?" But it also could be a eureka moment. We just don't know. I don't even think I'm being controversial by saying it, to be honest. I think you can no, see I think a lot of people would off. agree with you. I think it, a lot of yeah. people would, you know, probably, there's probably a lot of people out there that would say, yeah, I agree, Harry Potter RPGs. They've got so much, work, but... they've got so much material, though, that this they could be lots. awesome. This could well, be really I good. Think, I think there's potential. I also think this is the best possible time to do a Harry Potter game, because Harry Potter has never been more popular. So now is the best time to do it. I, I agree. Sense. I think it's a good time to do it. Uh, a last question on it before we move on. Do we think Harry Potter will actually be in the game? Um, that's the thing, isn't it? You do, are they going to go with the actual lore? Are they going to make something up? Are you going to be sort of just you? Mm-hmm. You know, a male or a... At the start, are they going to just be like, oh, right, design your own character, which I think would be better. That's what I want. Personally. Yeah, I want that as well. I don't want to be Let's like... Let's be honest, that's what they Harry have Potter. to do. They yeah. can't make everybody play as, as Harry I'm Sure, Potter. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it'll be create your I, own yeah. character, and Harry Potter will be giving you fetch quests like in every <laughs> other RPG. Oh, go and get these books for us, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the game will be yeah. called. Harry Potter and the never-ending fetch quest. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, but... There's obviously oh, going to be Harry Potter characters in it, isn't there? Yeah. It's not the main ones. You don't expect to see, like, some of the, how you know, some of the peripheral see, characters or the teachers or... This This is what I so. find is the problem, though, with a title, Harry Potter, because I actually want mm. it to be in the Harry Potter universe, but I want it to be a completely separate storyline. I don't want Harry in the school. I want him off. He's older. <laughs> Do you, you want him I mean? off the premises? He's expelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get out. But I want an older Harry Potter so it doesn't interfere with the story, yet... The they game could actually is called do Harry Potter, so they could set Maybe it they like could go like yeah, miles into the future and have Harry mm. Potter as one of the teachers. Yeah, that would be good. Like, yeah, they could work. do that. Or the, as the uh, headmaster or something. Or yeah, whatever. Or yeah, yeah. Or they could. I just think say dead, like the game's gonna be. Oh, there oh, yeah. <laughs> he is. Positive There's always one. There's always one. Positive uh, even like, I, I don't like you. know you two know I'm not that big into Harry Potter, really. But I'm trying to be positive about it. I don't think yeah. it's that bad a game, by the sounds of it. Yeah. You don't know until you see it. I yeah, think when, when you get that first gameplay trailer, that's when you know. It's like Overkill's yeah. The Walking Dead. I was like, hmm, this seems like it'd be quite a good game. And then I saw <laughs> then the first the gameplay, and I was like, right, <laughs> like, oh, now I know it's terrible. not going to be a good yeah. game. So I reserve all judgments until I see actual gameplay. Yeah. yeah. And we did enjoy the uh, older games, didn't we? Back in the day. You know, yeah, it's definitely. nostalgic. It was, very, it was good fun. Yeah. Well, let's have a look. Go Scrolling down the article, uh, the next one that pops out is uh, Rocksteady's Mysterious Next Game. We briefly touched on Rocksteady uh, in the last part when we were discussing Harry Potter, so what do we think? I mean, obviously it was rumoured that it was going to be a Superman game, but they shot that down, saying that it wasn't Superman, basically, so do, do we think it'll be a superhero game? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. There's been too many rumours 
um, with them. That I, I can't see it not being some sort of Marvel or DC thing because, well, probably not Marvel. It's going to be DC, I imagine, because that's what they've worked on before. But I think as well, because of the success of Spider-Man, um, DC will want to make a similar type success with a DC mm-hmm. hero, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman, we've discussed this before, haven't we, I think, on the podcast. The problem with Superman is it's hard to make a game where somebody's immortal, pretty much, because how can they make it realistic that Superman can't be hurt or can't be killed but make an interesting game? Yeah, that's That would be my worry about a Superman game because... You know the whole point of Superman is he's pretty much the most powerful being there's ever been in that universe. So how 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 would you make it so that there's a, there's a risk element when you play? Because you know unless they're going to make a game where you can't be killed or something, I mean, I'd, oh, that'd be pointless. It's strange, it? isn't it? It doesn't make it wouldn't make much sense. So. I also feel like with the Batman games, Rocksteady with each one got darker and darker, and it'd be mm. weird for them to be making a Superman game just because you can't really go that dark with Superman. No, you can't. They've already tried that with Man of Steel making the dark sort of Superman story and it didn't work properly, so... I, I wouldn't I think it's a good point me, you yeah. make there about it being like the, the way that they got progressively darker because that was one of the things that made the Batman game so successful, right? Everybody loved mm. that style associated with it, so to all of a sudden drop that and to go to something completely sort of flip side probably wouldn't work as well. It depends on the character, because Batman you can go dark. Yeah. I mean, he Batman's gives you license to go characters anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know, I want um, them to make a just sort of like a detective game set in Gotham. That'd work for me. It won't be that, but that's what I'd, I'd like them to make. I don't like. I don't feel like there's any DC super like heroes that are actually interesting to me. Mm. Green they make don't like Green Lantern. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I wonder. Do you think they could do some sort of villain? Centered game like a jo- like uh, the Joker or something like that. Where you play as the Joker. I mean, some people might not. I don't know. Be fans of that, but at least it'd be interesting, it'd and it'd be, be a different perspective. Yeah. Well, one question I was going to ask because obviously you picked up on um, Spider-Man and how DC will probably look to emulate that with their own. Hmm. Which DC character is the equivalent of Spider-Man? Batman. That's it. There, is that uh, it? They, they, well, none of the others are as big. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, in I mean, terms in terms of size of... and stuff, are you talking about in, t- in the powers? Terms of, like, I'm talking about powers. popularity. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about powers. Like which is ah, the equivalent? Right. Which would go up against each other? Uh, if, if it was a I don't know. The problem know, that so... I've always said to you with with why I don't find DC interesting is every single one of the main heroes is ridiculously overpowered to the point where it's not even interesting. Like, mm. you got the Flash running so fast that he can go back in time. you got Superman, who just can't be touched. Wonder Woman. Everyone in it has just got a ridiculous amount of powers, and it, it never makes for an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I, I think um, I think they're going to struggle, actually, to... I don't think it's going to be as relevant as Spider-Man. Whatever game comes out next, I don't think it's going to have the success of Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man just holds a special place in a lot for a lot of people, doesn't it? It does. Um that I don't think even Batman... Like, Batman, don't get me wrong, is very popular, but I don't think anyone near as popular as Spider-Man. Especially like now. I, I, I think Batman is the only DC character that you can make work in a, mm. in a good game, because Batman yep. doesn't isn't overpowered. He's just a guy in a suit. Yeah. You know? Well, a couple of that you said, it could be it could be Flash, it could be a Flash game, or it could be a Wonder Woman game picking up off the popularity of the films. 
Yeah, I think. Um, I think. Yeah, I'm just trying to think now. I think Wonder I Woman. Admit, could I don't think either work. of the. No, I don't think so. No, I don't, neither I don't, of them have a big enough pull I, to the to the mass audience. I, I don't it's know not going to happen in the in not in the gaming world. Maybe in in the yeah, you know, in Woman the cinema well. sense. Yeah. But let's be honest. If they release a standalone Wonder Woman game, it's not going to do well in comparison to Batman and the Spider-Man games. It's going to be a bottom feeder in comparison. I mean, it wouldn't be as big, but. I just when don't think they have another character. Out. Like they've already shot with Batman. Like they've already had their success with that. Whatever yeah. they do next, if they're if they're looking for a, you know, an authentic character rather than go off on their own sort of tangents with it, they they've already used their number one play. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when did Arkham Knight come out? Was it 2015? 2015. So yeah. this has been in development for what three and a half years yeah. already. Whatever yeah. it is. I don't think this is going to be some sort of superhero game. I think this is their own IP. I think they went on record saying the reason that they they stopped doing Batman games is because they were sort of sick of it. You know, that mm-hmm. it had run its course. Why would they go from Batman just to make another superhero game that isn't as good because the character isn't as popular? I don't understand that. I I think it'll be a new IP to be honest with you. Does I it depend agree. though? I think that would be a success. Mm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see them doing an IP. Is it their decision though, Mark? Is it is it not Warner Brothers decision? You know, maybe Warner Brothers are pushing them more towards maybe another Batman game or another superhero game. That's what I'd argue. We don't know. Perhaps, who, but how I much think they they sort have. Yeah, I don't know how much control Warner Brothers had over Rocksteady mm. to begin with. Uh, weren't Rocksteady an independent developer anyway? Possibly. Warner Brothers just commissioned I'd, them to make something. We'd have to find out more. But maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if they. Own Do we even know if? Warner Brothers are publishing this game. Like everything Rocksteady's been doing has been well kept under wraps. To be fair, like there's not been a peep out of that studio since Batman: Arkham Knight. So, no, that's true. I suppose we'll have to wait and see. I think we're going to find out this year, though. I think this is the year they have to finally announce what they're doing because people for two years now have been saying, you know, are you going to be the next E3? Are you going to be at this event? And they haven't been at any of them. So, I think this year's E3 will probably be when they announce the next game you would imagine yeah it seems like the timing lines up doesn't it yeah it's uh i always feel like dc these days is playing catch up with marvel you know marvel yeah in a unit marvel universe into obviously the cinema world and dc then followed suit a bit too late maybe but then with the games as well like you're hearing obviously since the spider-man game is going to be the first of a marvel universe of games is this yeah. what is this what um, DC's going to try and do as well, do you think? Possibly. They could possibly... I mean, they're, you know, they're competing in the cinema world, so why not compete in the gaming world as well? Mm-hmm. They're two they're too moneymakers, aren't they? I mean, look, how much... How much I mean, we're going to get into it, aren't we, in a, in a few minutes, but, you know, the sales of Spider-Man and stuff, it, it shows that gaming is... It's massive now. You can make money off gaming, so... Yeah. There's no reason why they won't compete in that space with Marvel. <clears throat> no, definitely. I, I agree with you. I think that's what we'll what we will see in the future anyway. Um uh, another then rumoured uh thing here is a new Bioshock game is apparently in the works. Now, I didn't really play the original Bioshock games. However, I know you three are massive fans. I know it's scandalous. I should have played them, but I just I don't know why I didn't. I just didn't. However, you three are massive fans of the series, so you must be excited for for this. Um, partly, but I'm all. I also get a little bit twitchy because I think I, it, 
Bioshock to me, especially okay. Bioshock two, we all agree wasn't as good as the first one. Um, Bioshock Infinite was very good as well, but the first one I think especially is the one that is special because that game for its time was incredible. One, I personally, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I think it's one of the best games of all time. But um, I do get a bit twitchy when I hear these rumors because I think, you know, you, would it be the same? Would a new Bioshock be the same? You know. I don't think it will be. I don't know. Because they've lost the critical ingredient in these games, which is Ken Levine, who no longer works for 2K. Mm. Obviously, Bioshock was directed by him and Bioshock Infinite, which are the two best in the series. Bioshock 2 was made by its own, a sort of... A 2K Marin, wasn't it, I think? It wasn't wasn't Ken Levine's creation. So, to be fair, you know, in terms of sequels... You know, it wasn't the worst sequel. No, it was okay. It was did okay. a decent job of continuing yeah. the sort of story of Rapture. But yeah, Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite are those two main ones, and I think yeah. he was played a critical role in the sort of development of both of those games. His his vision. It's, is, it's is, not just that, though, is it? Important. And it's something that's going to be a big thing to lose. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Ken Levine was a massive part of both those games, but it's not just that. Get, get, you know, that six to eight hour experience of Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, games just aren't made like that anymore. It's very rare you see a single player game that only lasts eight to ten hours, which I miss because I, I enjoy that sort of experience of being able to play it in one night or two nights, you know. Um, but that's not the way things are going. Look at The Witcher, look at Assassin's Creed Odyssey, look at, you know, Grand Theft Auto, look at Red Dead Redemption. They're all hundred plus hour games now. This is the direction that single-player games seem to be going in. Um, and I don't think Bioshock lends itself well to that sort of game. You know, I can't envisage an open-world sort of Bioshock game, to be honest. I, I, just, don't think, I just don't think it would work. Um, and the sort of corridor shooter that, you know, that Bioshock is in terms of, you know, it's a set path a lot of the time on the game, isn't it? There's, there's, there's a little bit of exploration, um, but you're always on a set path to your goal. And yeah. those sort of games just... They don't really get made as much anymore. Not in the AAA space, anyway. And I think uh, me and Perts can agree, if they do go down the road, the road sorry, of a multiplayer shooter, that it will probably well, get I... cancer because yeah, I... it was an absolute abomination online. Regardless of, of how long you played it to grind achievements, it was just <laughs> an absolutely terrible, terrible experience. Yeah, it did. It gives me PTSD yeah. looking back at that game. <laughs> Yeah, I think they 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 learned their lesson there with Bioshock Two because they deliver. I know it wasn't the same company. Obviously, you touched about it being Two K Marin already, but the the good thing is is that they didn't just continue along the road of, oh, it it didn't work one time, so we'll keep trying it. That they learned with the success of Bioshock One and Bioshock Infinite that that is their platform. That is the way that they need to go. It's frustrating, really, because I've been looking forward to a, a you know a new Bioshock game for the longest time now because I thought Infinite was one of the the best experiences that, that they could have delivered and, and Bioshock 1 as well. But Sud's point there just a minute ago where it's like games aren't made like those games used to be made anymore. Is there still a space for them? I, I would really like there to be. But if they're going to be trying to compete in, in the AAA, you know, the, the maximum sort of 45, 50 pound games and they're delivering a fraction of the sort of playability that you know the the list of Suds games before give you now. Would it even succeed? Is it even viable now? I, I really uh, want it to be. I, I'm yeah. I'm just not convinced. But I, I would love to see a new Bioshock, and I'd I'd definitely jump into it, even if it was only a six or eight hour experience. 
I think the point about that, I said, you know, our game's made like that anymore. I just think in the triple A, you know, the, the high budget AAA stakes, they're not really made like that anymore. The the six to eight hour experiences now are all in the high end indie space. You know, the big mm. budget indie games, they're the ones that push this sort of six to eight hour story drum get. I, I, I and I just I think if you make a new Bioshock, you know, it's gonna be a triple A game. So it's I, I don't know, yeah. I just I, Well I'd rather it be eight hours. I would rather it yeah. be eight so, hours a tight would... because I know what they'll do. They'll fill it with fluff. And it'll yep. just be like, oh, look, we've made the new Bioshock and it's 25 hours, but it's filled with crap. Repetitive yeah. quests that you don't want to do and boring grinding and leveling up. It's like, there is a space for that, but it's like, God of War is a good example. I think that could have easily been an 8 to 10 hour game. And I think yeah, I would have enjoyed definitely. it just as much. But it lasted mm-hmm. 20 hours, and I'm fine with it lasting 20 hours. The side quests were well done, but there were a lot of times in that game where I was running around Especially in, like, you know, the Elven Kingdom, uh, fighting those yeah. sort of elves. No, yeah. I got a bit tedious, elves. to be honest. Just boring, yeah. Absolutely boring. And I, I I, don't necessarily think just because you're ticking a box and saying, look, our game's 20 hours, that makes it any better or makes more people want to buy it. I think just make the game mm. you want to make. Yep. I mean, they could even, you know, they could even be kind of funky with the pricing in terms of why 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 not make a six eight hour bioshock game and just release it for 30 pound or 35 pound well this is something that we're going to see as gaming becomes more digital I, hope so. I think pricing is going to change dramatically because obviously you if you take away the need to make a disc you take away the need to have lots and lots of television adverts because let's face it you don't need to advertise on the tv anymore you've got streamers you've got youtube youtube yeah you've got every every corner of the internet to advertise your game on it takes the costs down but obviously you're not seeing those costs that cost reduction reflected in the price of the actual game which i, I think mm. that you should be and obviously yeah i don't want to see physical games go but when they inevitably do go I think there's going to be a big change in the way that games are priced because that sort of £50, between £40 and £50 price change, price point sorry, isn't needed anymore. You can price a game however much you want, really. Yeah, I'd completely agree with that. I think there needs to be more things on pricing because, you know, you see some of these games come out for £60. You, you know, you look at the difference. Say a game like The Witcher or Assassin's Creed, which has got so much content in it, it's unbelievable. Like them two games, and then you look at another game that's, uh, you know, maybe a four, five, six, seven hour experience, and they're both the same price, and you think, well, that makes no sense, because yeah, the standard you know, price it's strange, change, it's, and it will yeah. change. But I think there's some sort of mental block almost in people's head where they see a game that isn't fifty pound, and they're like, well, this isn't good, because it's not hmm. fifty quid. How's it good? It's a it's a budget yeah. title. They see, a they see a budget price, and they think this must be a budget title. That's definitely a problem. Um, you could argue the witch is worth a hundred quid. Yeah, if you I go mean, off yeah. actual worth and what you're getting off the get out of, out of the games, you know. I mean, especially the game of the year edition as well. I mean, I think you can get that game of the year edition for witch for something like fifteen pound now or something. And it's like that's one that must be one of the best purchases you can possibly have in gaming. That witcher game of the year edition, you're literally getting nearly two hundred hours of content. Does that include both pound. DLCs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, that's ridiculous. Awesome I think that's well. absolutely ridiculous that you can get a game of that magnitude and how good it was critically and how much content there is for £15. I know the game's, you know, nearly three years old, but... Yeah, if you haven't incredible. played it, though, and you get that game that's for incredible. £15, yeah, that is a bargain. 
yeah, yeah. The Witcher, like The Witcher, is the standout game of the generation. So you shouldn't be missing no, out. I agree with that. Everyone, everyone should um, should get on that while they can. If they yeah, haven't definitely. played The Witcher, give it a go. It's it's mm. a very in depth RPG. It's not. It's something that you have to commit a lot of time to. You can't really jump in and out of it. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I would say it's slow to get going, but once you get past the first five or six hours, it's so fun. Such a fun game to play. Yeah, I feel like we've gone back in time here. <laughs> We're going back to a better time. Back yeah, 2015. Reminiscing about Witcher. Yeah. What, what a game yeah, that was. It's a great game, so I don't blame you guys. But just on the initial sort of point there, I think Bioshock is still an exciting topic, and I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can hit the heights they did previously. Mm-hmm. Don't tack on multiplayer, don't tack nope. on Rapture Royale or anything like that. And just... <laughs> Rapture yeah. Royale, oh dear. Deliver oh, what God. they can. Yeah. Don't have the circus of value, but have microtransactions inside it. Instead. Oh, can you imagine that? Yeah, <laughs> you're about to die. You go to the circus of value, and it's like pay two pound, like a health potion or something. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, another game though. Just moving on to another game that will interest you guys. Um, there's rumours that an official Borderlands Three reveal will happen this year. Uh, with development seemingly in full swing on the next Borderlands, additional rumours or perhaps an official reveal are likely to come in 2019. However, it's worth noting that 2K recently recently delayed a highly anticipated title from one of 2K's biggest franchises into 2020. So a lot of speculation is that game will be Borderlands 3. Is, is that something that you guys would also be excited for? Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Long overdue. Long overdue. It's a... Um, it's a it, I was just going to say, it's a bit of a crime that we haven't had a Borderlands in this generation, really. I don't think we'll get it in this generation. I think they've waited that mm, long. And obviously with that news of the delay as well, I think it's going to be a launch game. A launch game, yeah. System. What a fantastic launch game that would be, by the way. I mean... Yeah. But I've got a question, um, obviously. Perks, you know, since we last played Borderlands, you know, last generation, the sort of MMO FPS has made a big sort of play on the console scene obviously you play a lot of destiny we've been over that too much but <laughs> um from your perspective do you think it should be an mmo or do you think it should stick to the tried and tested formula of sort of four player co-op because obviously the type of game that it is the sort of shoot and loot lends itself very very well to be in an mmo so mm. i'm just interested to hear your sort of opinions on what you'd want it to be Mm, I think it's a really interesting question because, like you said, that style game now exists in a completely different way than it did, what was it, six or seven years ago, Borderlands 2? I think it was seven years ago anyway, something like that. Things have changed, and, you know, I played Borderlands 1, I played Borderlands 2 for an incredible amount of time, and I'm not sure if it could still exist in a... in its original form, if you like, in, in the same sort of addictive way, when it would have to compete, maybe not directly with the, the games we've talked about already, Anthems, Divisions, Destinies, but it would be quite close to them. And if all they delivered was what they've delivered, you know, in, in that sort of seven, eight years ago, but the, or even more by the time Borderlands 3 comes out, I don't know if there's still a space for it to exist like it used to back then. So... Mm. I'm I'm not sure. I think just to get away from, because let's be honest, you know, if you play the Division or Destiny or or Anthem, they are going to feel the same. So I'd I'd like Borderlands to stick with its original theme, and 
try and sort of change the way we perceive the sort of MMO, FPS, RPG, shared world shooter, whatever you want to call them, and come at it from its sort of old angle. And yeah, I'd like to see it exist in the way that it used to, but just sort of brought forward into the into the sort of modern generation. Yeah, I completely agree with what Perch just said there. I, I, I don't want it to go down the sort of Destiny Division model. I just think that's a mistake. And uh, I can see why they'd be tempted to go that way because they've seen the success of those type of games. But, you know, when you if you talk to people about Borderlands, you know, they they, they remember the, just the time, the good times they had playing with their friends and co-op and stuff like that. I, I don't think... I don't think people want it to be a shared world sort of game, really. I think people, you know, even if you play on your own, it's a fun game. Like, Borderlands on your own is still fun. Like, it's, uh, I think that's the direction they need to go in. They just need to make it bigger, more diverse, you know, richer landscapes, stuff like that. And I think people will, I think people would lap it up. I really do. I don't think I think that's a good point, just to interject there. It's like they already had that stuff going yeah. back all those years ago. I mean, you probably look back at it now, and if you looked at the maps and the areas, you probably think, oh, this could be expanded on. But yeah. for its time, they were oh, yeah, small fantastic. environments. No, they no, were really, not. really good. So what they could do now, uh, you know, it's the sort of world is their oyster, if you like. And I think they they still will have those sort of, it won't be shared world, but with the co-op, you could still play in, uh, you know, uh, was it four-player co-op that it went up to? Four-player co-op, So yeah, it went up to four-player co-op. You still had high-end activities that you'd call end-game activities now in shared world shooters. You still had raid bosses like, you know, Terramorphous and things like that. So why couldn't it succeed in the way that it used to? And I would really like to see them go down that route. And I think if they did stick with that way, it's certainly something I could see the four of us jumping into together. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, but like Matt said, we're probably not going to see it now till maybe late 2020. So they've still got time to work on these things. Um, I just think, I completely agree. I just think, you know, you look at Borderlands 2, um, and for its time, it was a very technical, it was a technical achievement as well, wasn't it? Like, it was, it, it looked great. Well, the game looked fantastic. That cel-shaded style they have for its time, that game looked really good. So, you know, you think on the new consoles, it could look amazing. I mean, they could really do something special with that game. I think all, all Gearbox will be thinking is just looking at the at the facts and the numbers, and obviously Borderlands was a great success, a successful new IP. Borderlands 2 expanded on it in every way. The sales reflected in that as well. I think Borderlands 2 sold very, very well for them. Yeah, it sold a lot better. And then Borderlands, the pre-sequel, and I know like this is very, very strange. Like It, it released on last-gen consoles when the next-gen consoles were out. That was a big But mistake. the sales figures and the reviews for that game were pretty bad. Mm. So all I'm thinking is that Gearbox, you know, the bean counters there will be saying, you know, we should be looking at Destiny, we should be looking at The Division, we should be looking at the this, that, and the other game, and we should be integrating this more online. Which, I, like I said, I hope they don't do it. I do agree with you guys. I, I hope that it does stick somewhat to the original formula, but I can really just see this being an MMO. And it I annoys think what me. they need to consider most is this, right? If they did throw themselves into the hat with the ones that will currently exist at the time, they run the risk of being fourth out of four if they don't absolutely nail it. And then the game, you talk about the bean counters, if that's it, it's a massive gamble. It's like being Could a casino for them. If they yep. do that and they don't pull it off, they're going to be four out of four. They'll be behind the three that currently exist. And Borderlands 3, after all the time and, and that we've waited for it, will flop. Whereas yep. if they exist 
similar to it, sort of side by side, slightly adjacent to what's there, but come at it from their sort of unique angle. Well, it should really be a, a sort of win-win situation for them. And the thing is as well, it's like, you know, it, it, you know, you think about obviously everyone, you know, they're a company, they have to make money. That's the whole point. And they're not in this to please us, are they really? They're in this to make money. But at the end of the day, they, you know, if you don't please the fans of your game, then you, 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 it's over. I mean, because, yeah, the game, you know, originally, say they did make this Destiny-type clone game or whatever, there might be some people like Destiny players that might think, oh, this looks interesting. But the original fans of Borderlands are going to be like, no, I'm not, what's this? This isn't what I asked for. And then, you you know, that franchise is going to, a slow, it's going to have a slow decline and a death because people, you know, the fans, of you, they should, they should consult with the fans of the game what they want from the game because at the end of the day, they probably know the game better than the developers in a way. Like, you know. Yeah. And... Well, um, like I said, if I was speaking to uh, Randy Pitchfork, as I used to call him, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> um, I-, I would tell him that the first thing that comes to my head when I think of Borderlands is comedy. Yeah. In Tales from the Borderlands, in the first Borderlands, and in Borderlands 2, it really managed to sort of be genuinely funny at times, yeah. like, especially Tales from the Borderlands. And that proves to me that the the lore that they've made of Pandora is, is an important element of the game, and I feel like that gets diluted and lost when you make an MMO. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that Destiny's found extremely difficult to do, is sort of make that shared world shooter, but also, like, deliver a coherent story that people just fear that sort of comedy element that the original games had is just going to be lost completely. And to me, if you take that out of Borderlands, then it's pointless. Because yeah. that that is like core to it, the sort of soul, the sort of character of the game is what makes it interesting. It's what made me keep playing it and keep grinding for loot. It wasn't because, you know, the, the, the gunplay wasn't necessarily bad, I don't think by any means, but it was that sort of the, the lore, the universe and the comedy that made me keep coming back for more. Yeah, it's a massive part of it, a huge part, and they can't lose it because if they did, like you said, it's just not Borderlands anymore. Yeah. So yeah, they, they have to focus on that. That's its identity for sure. Um, well, that was definitely an interesting discussion for me to listen to because <laughs> I'm not well. Uh, I my knowledge of Borderlands isn't isn't that great. So obviously, hearing your guys' thoughts on it was was pretty pretty interesting. Um, however, moving on from rumors of 2019 let's look at some facts from 2018 and uh this is our second topic and it's the biggest selling physical games in the uk for 2018 uh just having a look here they've, they've given a list of 20 but i'll read out the top 10 you guys can let me know if any any of them spring out i know what's going to spring out it's number one yeah, I know, I said the same. But start, starting at 10 is FIFA 18. Then you have Forza Horizon 4, God of War, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, Far Cry 5, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Marvel Spider-Man, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Red Dead Redemption 2, and number one is FIFA 19. Well yeah, done, no UK. Surprise, though. You're a fucking disgrace. <laughs> letting everyone down i guarantee that every other region in the world but probably apart from like japan has red dead as number one in that list and we've just wrecked it mm. by somehow buying mm, i don't know you know maybe germany and france i would argue 
We are I a big footballing know. country, though, aren't we? We are. In France we are, well. but it gets They're to the point where it's country. like, when are we going to stop mm. buying FIFA? Please, just stop Never. buying it. It's going to carry on forever because people love football. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. Well, I love Soccer's football, but FIFA 19 was a bloody abomination. But we bought it. <laughs> uh, we all bought it. That's the thing. We yeah. all contributed to the sales, so we can't really say anything. So, uh, But just going over that list again, what gives me some heart there is seeing how many... I think Matt mentioned this on the podcast last week, but what gives me heart about that list is how many single-player-only games are in that list. Or, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 isn't a single-player-only game, but it's a mainly focused single-player game. So that gives me a lot of heart, seeing how well some of these games have done. You know, the likes of Far Cry 5, God of War, Spider-Man... Red Dead Redemption, you know, even the Crash Insane trilogy, Spyro, they're all single-player only games. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see that, because everyone said, you know, as Matt said, everyone was saying two years ago, oh, look, single-player games are dying. There'll be none of these left soon. And it's like, well, that's not true, clearly, as we've seen with the sales. Yeah, I think everyone um, expected Red Dead to be top or, or you know, second in the case of the UK. But I think Spider-Man being third is that's amazing. absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it's only is it's four. Was it? Correct. What's third? Call of Call of Duty Black, Black Ops. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that makes sense. Spider-Man, even fourth, to be honest. Yeah, fantastic. Of an achievement because it's only on one platform as well. Don't mm. I mean, if that was the platform, where do you think that would have been? I think that might have been competing. Wow. I mean, and Red. Although, with you, you could argue the fact that it was exclusive also gave it a boost. If that makes sense. Yeah, you it know, always does. But well, it was exclusive, but. I agree. And a lot of disappointed been. Xbox fans oh, coming yeah, in and realizing that Spider Man wasn't on the Xbox when well, that game came out. Spider Man sold six hundred and seventy six thousand six hundred and twenty one on yeah, the a, PlayStation. That's a lot of copies. That is. So <laughs> yeah. like, like Matty said, that's you know, if that was on Xbox as well, mm. it definitely obviously hit over Probably a million. Probably be over a million, yeah. So I mean that's uh that's, I think what's also amazing is that it beat God of War. Which in, like, because by a lot, lot as well. by a lot, and God of War came out earlier in the year, so I had more time. So yeah. it's like that is pretty amazing, really. I mean, God of War on its own, right, sold a lot. But just to give context before you go on, so just quickly, uh, God of War yeah. sold three hundred and ninety-nine thousand three hundred ninety-five. Can you just go over the Forza Horizon Four sales if you've got them? Yeah, yeah, unit it, sales. That's just below God of War. So Forza Horizon Four ninth, three hundred and ninety-two thousand nine hundred sixty. I know you and Perks aren't massive race fans, but for me and Matt, I, I don't know if you agree, Matt, I think that's amazing. But the fact that it was on Game Pass as well, and it still sold nearly 400,000 physical copies just in the UK. That shows to me how big that franchise, Forza Horizon franchise, has become now for Xbox. You could even argue it's, it's right up there now. Um, with Halo and Gears, yeah. they're, they're the sort um, of three now, aren't they? So. And it, what, what it also does is it puts a lot of stock into Playground games now. Like They are becoming a, like a really big-time developer now. And a massive reputation, so it's it's good news really for them. I, th- I just think that's amazing. I didn't expect Forza Horizon to sell that many copies. There, there is one game, on game Pass. There is one game on the list that I I just it just keeps hanging on. I don't know how, but Grand Theft Auto Five came eleventh and sold three hundred thirty nine thousand yeah, eight hundred five <laughs> copies. That, yeah, that's uh, that's ridiculous. Mm, that is ridiculous. I've got to say. I, that game just won't ever die, will it? It's just—it's uh, on course for becoming one of the best-selling games of all time, isn't it? And close to being the best-selling game of all time. Like I don't think it's far away now. Uh, I yeah, think depends it, what you count. It's always contentious, uh, isn't it? Because you, like you, that, you yeah, got, like, Tetris was bundled yeah. with every original game. Yeah, 
mean, so it's like how how do you how do you measure it, it when you come to like best selling game of all time? Yeah. I'll tell you what it is. It's Wii Sports or something does like that. Does that count again though? Because <laughs> no. it's bundled with every Wii. It, I mean, it was bundled with every Wii. Ninety percent of the Wii's it was bundled with. So oh, but, you like, know, people oh. were buying that Wii for Wii yeah. Sports. They love that. To um, be fair, a lot of people actually were. What's crazy is GTA sold only sixty thousand less than God of War. Yeah, that's just... when did GTA Five come out? Five and years ago. Is oh, that consistent twenty pound price point as well? It's just sort yeah, of you yeah. buy a new console. Oh, what game you should you buy for it? And you look yeah. around for a bit, and then you just spot GTA for twenty quid, and it's like you know what? what I'll I'll play this again. Well, um, in that list, Luke, where was uh, Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed Odyssey was. Let me have a look. Fourteenth. Uh, it was fourteenth. Okay. Um, three hundred sales. Uh, yeah, three hundred and five thousand nine hundred thirty-seven. Yeah, uh, see, I, Soft, I'll be disappointed for that. I agree. I, I, yeah, it's disappointing as well because I, I know I've talked about this game a lot now, but that is a really, it is really good. It's a really good game. I think it's been, I think it's been underappreciated this year. That game, I think a lot of the attention went to Red Dead because of the time frame where it came out. But that game is really good. It's, it's, you know, I can see now. I was skeptical. Before I played the game, why it was in the uh, you know the game of the year nominations, mm-hmm. uh, but after playing it, I can see exactly why it is because they've done a fantastic job with that game. The scope of the game is fantastic. Um, the game looks great as well. It's I- I'm really excited for the future of Assassin's Creed to be honest. If this is the direction they're going in with their games, and if they can space them out more, like I don't want to be seeing one every year. I don't, you know Origins and Odyssey came out a year, but I don't want to see that. I want there to be a break now of two yeah. or three years. But if they can carry on with that standard. That franchise is going to be back on the rise again. I know, it, based on that, it came 14th. Maybe didn't quite do as well as they thought, but I think it, worldwide it seems to have sold pretty well, so that's a good sign. You know, it's hard to change a stigma, though, that's associated mm. with it. I mean, I'm not saying that there hasn't been good Assassin's Creed games lately, but it's a tired title now, isn't it? And yeah, even if I they agree, have returned the to form, there's that sort of preconception that it's not going to be great and then the sales reflect accordingly, but... Here's the thing, if, if they keep delivering yeah. and they keep sort of hitting the heights, then over time you'll see them go back up to where they belong. Well, it started with Origins last year, didn't it? Like, yeah. um, that was the the sort of one that people went, oh, actually, this is actually good again. Like, it's actually a pretty good game. And then Odyssey's improved on that again. So I actually think as well, I think you're right about the name because Assassin's Creed is a big name and obviously they're going to keep it in the title because it's, you know, it's a big franchise name, but... If this game had been called something like Greek Odyssey or something and didn't have Assassin's Creed in it, I guarantee it would have got more coverage and it would have got more critical acclaim. I can pretty much guarantee you that because I don't know what the game got on Metacritic, but I think it's like a mid-80s sort of game, something like that. But for me, this game is is, is close to a, a 90 game because it is, it's a fantastic game. It really is. Yeah. And I, I do think, think it'll take them some time to, to get it yeah, back. To... They'll need a few titles no, to, to slowly climb will. back yeah. up the mountain. Mm. How far down does your list go, Elton? Because something that's a big, big shock to me, like personally, just because of the way that franchise is, is that Pokemon isn't on there. And I know um, it's split between two games, but yep. it does kind of shock me that a Pokemon game didn't make the top ten. Uh, I'll let you know. It it the list goes down to twenty, and it was eighteenth on the list. It sold two hundred twenty-seven thousand seven hundred sixty-seven. Now we have to take Pikachu one. Yeah, yeah, let's go I mean... Pikachu. So you have to take into account the game came out probably, what, uh, four weeks, five weeks before the end of the year, so obviously it's not had too long to sell. Mm-hmm. But I do agree, I, I would have expected it to be 
maybe even top five, to be honest, how popular Pokemon is in this country. So, yeah, that's a bit of a surprise. Nintendo products, though, in this country don't seem to do as well as the rest of the world. I don't know what it is. They're not as popular in Nintendo as in America or in Japan. There is four, though, about... in the top 20. That are yeah, true. That, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's uh, Mario Kart 8 was in the top 10, was it? Yeah, that came fifth. So, I mean, that's I mean that's huge, really. The Mario Kart, a game that came out last year, is in the... It's bundled with a lot of the uh, Switches, of course. Mm. But I do have um, a little uh, little quiz for you. So, okay. which game would you guess that came twentieth, and how many <laughs> sales do you think it got? Okay, twentieth. See, that's so <laughs> hard. Um, yeah. Is it? Would you? Could you give us a little clue? Is it a popular game? Is it? A... Um, I'd say it was a popular franchise, and it was a disappointment. Right. I mean, that's basically ah uh, Fallout. Fallout yeah. seventy six. Fallout yeah. seventy six. For that many... to be in the top 20 is probably... For that not to make the top 10 yeah. is absolutely shocking. If you were running like a betting odds website based on like the charts, then you probably would have made an absolute killing. If, if you if you mm. put like 100 grand on that not to finish in the top 10. On a Fallout 10, game, not been in the top 10, 10 of the year, yeah. be laughing in your face saying, oh, well, we've made a, a lot of money out of you. But no, yep. finishes 20. That what? is absolutely shocking for Bethesda. How many sales do you think it got? 180? No, it's just it's it's a bit more. It's two twenty, two forty. Two twenty is very close. I'll give you that. It's two hundred eighteen thousand five hundred thirty-four. Don't forget as well that's been heavily discounted. That's yeah, still five quid now. Yeah, it was discounted a week after release. So God. yeah, such I, a failure. Where was the, What were the rankings for Crash and Spyro? So Crash, Crash came seventh. Uh, right, four hundred thirty thousand five hundred fifty-one. Amazing. And Spyro came twelfth with three hundred thirty-three thousand seven hundred twenty-five. That's incredible, isn't it? That they've finished and them, how much sales them games have made, especially yeah. Crash. I mean, Crash is. So, it's no wonder that they've made this. You know, everyone was scared to win. They're like, oh, Crash Team Racing, that won't sell. I wouldn't no, be so sure about that. I think it will. But I know it'll sell as well as the Insane Trilogy, but it's certainly going to do good numbers. And They'll be making bloody Crash Bash remasters. Crash Bash. Well, the thing is, I, I love Crash Bash. Would anyone be surprised? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they remade it. Was Crash, it, Crash you know? Bash the one when you were in the arena and you had to knock people off the edge? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the party game. That, I love that game. That was, was amazing. It was fun. But uh, I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait for Crash Team Racing. But I think it shows that Crash as an entity is, you know, people thought it was dead, didn't they? But mm. it's had a, such a massive revival. It wouldn't I'm, shock me if there's a new game at some point. I'm so glad it finished above Spyro as well. I'm not I think a fan I've of Spyro. A scathing review of Spyro. <laughs> Sales plummeted. To hear that it actually did quite well. Like, <laughs> well, I think know, in it's... context, finishing twelfth, a Spyro remaster is pretty good considering. It yeah, out, exactly. You know, six seven weeks ago, um, it'd have got higher if it wasn't for Ted. Hey, do you know what it does <laughs> show though? It shows, and this is a you know coming actually. This is a point about Metal Gear Solid. It shows that there's interest in reviving franchises. And I just think, oh, Konami, please just make this Metal Gear Solid remake. Because if you're listening, if you're out there, just, yeah, just please. come on, guys. Stop because... making pachinko machines. Yeah. Stop <laughs> making Metal Gear Solid. No, no, no. Like, honestly, um, I personally think that Bluepoint are remastered Metal Gear Solid 1. You think that's what they're doing? This is late, Mm. you know, far-fetched, out-there sort of thinking. But after Shadow of the Colossus, they said the the project they're working on now is much much bigger 
that's what all they said much bigger so read read into that what you will obviously shadow of the colossus isn't a massive franchise but if blue point the masters of remaking games remade metal gear solid it would literally be oh, i mean it's of my life God, see i want same. i mean i want I want to play it for different reasons to you two because I've never properly played the first one. As I you can't all know. believe you haven't I know, and it. that's why I'm so Iconic enthusiastic. Game. Well, that's why I'm so enthusiastic about there being a remake because I'm just like, I want them to remake it in a, you know, with modern control because that's the one thing you'd say, wouldn't you, about going back to the game now. It'd probably be horrible to play now yeah. with the controls and stuff, but if they remade it, can you imagine like a Metal Gear Solid 1 game but with Metal Gear Solid 5's controls? Well, I know the GameCube. Game this is what I, I'd want. The GameCube yeah. made uh, a remake at one point or a yeah. massive version. Very the Twins. Control. Was it the Twins? Twin Snakes. Twin Snakes. That's it, yeah. If you want to buy that, it'd probably cost you about 100 quid, though. It's yeah, it's a rare game. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. What a game, though. What a game. The story's so. amazing as well. So I, I think if it does get remastered, we'll all buy it. Maybe not perks, but I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, so. what, why, why maybe not me? Metal Gear Solid 1 was one of my favourite games of all time. I haven't heard you get excited about it. Well, I don't get excited about many things, to be fair, <laughs> but Metal, Metal Gear is, is one that I would definitely be down for. That That's certainly something that needs to be remastered. Okay, I'll um, attract what I said. All of us will buy it. Of remasters, uh, Resident Evil 2, just for all of our millions of listeners out there, the demo's just come up now on the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. A one-life demo. So you get one life, and then the demo's deleted. And you're never allowed to <laughs> well, if you accidentally kill yourself die. in the first, like, ten seconds, <laughs> then you don't get to play. It's a bit harsh, really. I think that's pretty cool, though. To be yeah, I think it's cool. I kind of like it as well. Yeah, it's a great idea, but people are just... I wonder if you can get to the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. No, I think it's 30 Maybe. minutes. Oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 30 minutes or one life. Yeah. Yeah. Sell hours. I think that's a cool idea, though, to be honest. They should have well, just made you play it on the hardest difficulty and just let you play the whole game. <laughs> Yeah, but someone <laughs> yeah. would beat it. Some yeah, someone would work. do it. Some master of the game would do it. So it's probably why they haven't done it like that. But uh... um, well, the, the last bit of news I want to finish on today, when we were speaking about sales and facts as well, is that the the PlayStation Four sales have now exceeded ninety one point six million worldwide, which it's a... astonishing number, really. <laughs> yeah, it's done it in five and a half years. Yeah, well, just over five years. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and for context, the PS3's lifetime sales were around eighty-four million. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's safe um, to say Sony have had a success here. No one's surprised, but there we are. I mean, it's going to end up on. Uh, it's going to be way over. It's going to yeah, be on quite one hundred and thirty million. Yeah, it, it, by, by this whole time, because people think, don't they? Well, when the PS5 comes out, that's it. But that won't be it. People will still buy PS4. Something because they'll go really, down. Really, really impressive is. Yeah. That console is still selling, and it's two hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, the Xbox One S that... is one hundred and eighty. Yeah. I'm bundled with a game, and it's still selling. It's seventy quid more for yeah. pretty much the same console that does exactly the same thing. But people still want it, just probably due to the strength of those exclusives, or just the mind share, the market share that that console's got at the moment. Do you think they'll do a PS2 and put it to ninety nine dollars at some point, or ninety nine pound? But you know, maybe in a couple of years when the PS5 comes out. Depends because even with like just just the way that consoles are now, they're just more expensive mm. to develop in general. I think they might get it down to 150 with a game. I think the game like, is it'd sell absolute hotcakes. Yeah, even I when mean, the PS5 I, I think when the Last of Us comes out, that's when you're going to see a price cut. Yeah, yeah, 
because that game we, be, we uh, you'll get a price cut it'll be you know probably 200 quid with the last of us bundled in or something like that i don't i mean because with the last of us as well just going off on a little bit of a tangent but we assume that game is going to be a sort of maybe even a cross-platform game possibly It'll be the swan yeah. song for the but PS4. Do, the do you not think they'll do GTA Last style? Remastered. Yeah, yeah, I think they might do that. GTA came out on 360 and uh, Xbox One, didn't it? And PS3. Well, it came out a year later, didn't it? Yeah. Um, um, I, don't I, don't I don't think they'll have to. Honestly, I don't think they'll have to, to be honest. Because, like, sorry to interrupt, Berks, but if if a PS5 comes out and what it is going to be we're all assuming it's going to be completely and utterly backwards compatible seamless with the ps4 why would you need a remaster True. well money because of that last of us remaster made tons of money on ps4 but people would still be buying the last of us 2 it just True. wouldn't say last of us 2 remastered they could the do both and probably make loads of money to be fair but yeah with the sales though just in general i mean it's gonna obviously like Matt said probably maybe just about i think it's gonna be under ps2 i don't think it's quite gonna get to 150 million but you're definitely looking at 130 million at least maybe 140 so mm-hmm. i mean it's incredible so it really is incredible how much it's sold and it makes it it makes xbox look a lot worse because by all accounts we don't get actual figures from microsoft anymore but uh we think it's around 40 million maybe just over 40 million and it really puts into context how well the ps4 is done Jeez, smashed it. Um, you know, the Xbox One is probably going to finish on about maybe 55 million, all said and done, which is nothing to be sniffed at. That's still relatively decent. But then you I think... This, after the start yeah. of the generation, people saying console game is dead. Well, that's it. And, you know, between them, they're probably going to do... You know, with the Switch as well, these three consoles are probably going to do like 300 million between them. So, at least. So... Yeah. Doesn't sound dead It's amazing, me. really. No. No. Well, I think that's... Uh... A good topic to to leave it on for today. Uh, amazing sales there for Sony, and I'm sure they'll be very happy with that. Anyway, guys, thanks for that. Uh, where can people find you on social media, Sud? Uh, just at Twitter at David Ten Spud. Brilliant, sounds good. How about you, Perks? Oh, wait there. At Corpse. No, it, it's <laughs> at Corpse that is most definitely me. If you can find at Corpse, I'm sure the owner of that account will really appreciate it. You'll have to buy the account off him for like two quid. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll, stick, we'll stick with at JG Perks, but you can tweet to it or not tweet to it as much as you want. You won't yeah, get a response. You gave out your real Twitter account. Mm. Yeah. Positive step forward. Yeah, after what, four or five weeks? It's, it, it's, been, a, it's been a long time coming. Secret. <laughs> well, secrets out there. There you go. The secret. The, there you the, go, people. Veil has been lifted. Yeah, get on, get on Twitter and harass him, and he'll yeah, ignore please. it. Tell but... him how much you love Harry Potter. And... <laughs> 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 I mean, I welcome the interaction, but it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> so you don't welcome it. <laughs> no, I would, but it won't happen. So it's kind of like you, you can I'll advertise it, but. Right, fair enough. We'll move on. Uh, Matty, where can people <laughs> find you on social media? Uh, at Matty Cheatham on Instagram and Twitter. Sounds good. And I, didn't, I didn't say Little Jimmy today, so I just thought I'd say it now, just to get it in. The, because obviously there are people that listen out for Little Jimmy every week, so he had to make at least one. <laughs> the Little Jimmy counter. There's yeah, your yeah one. Little Jimmy counter. I mean, I've, 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 I'm up to like five now. So yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Let us know in the comment section if you're a little Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and yep, 
<laughs> yeah, please do that. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at leld, L-E-L-3-Ds. Add a nine on the end for Instagram. And you can also follow Checkpoint Reached on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod. On YouTube, it's Checkpoint Reach Podcast. So if you're listening on YouTube, give us a like and ring the bell to be notified of our next episode. So yeah, guys, thanks for thanks for joining on that. It was good fun as always. Have a have a good week. Bye. Bye. See you guys.